last time on Distinguished Adventurers, El Torito, Thaviapin, Una, and Zephalin have met with their friend Erwin to discuss building a spelljammer ship and have decided that the first part they're going to go after is some very special, magically imbued ceramic in the capital of Great Xing in Yongjing. But before they leave, some supplies need to be purchased. And Thaviapin has been summoned by one of the mysterious Dawn Incarnates to have an audience. And that's where we pick up our story, already in progress. All right, so Una and El Torito head to their respective homes. Z heads to the Tyrells Are Us. And so we'll start Thaviapin. Hello. Thaviapin, you head on over to the Preserve of the Ancestors. which is the center of the Radiant Citadel, the actual rock itself, where the big auroral diamond juts through. It's this huge crystal. The inside of it is hollow, and there is an entranceway that leads into the actual auroral diamond, and it's this gorgeous park that is mostly green space, some bits of forest, and there's meeting places there for some of the people who are in charge of overseeing the Radiant Citadel. It is open to anybody who wants to come by. It is the largest green space available. There are druids and other gardeners who tend to this place. And so and you can kind of assume from context clues the person who came to give you this alert was probably one of those people. The spaces where the members of the, the council talk over how they're going to administer the Radiant Citadel is open to anybody who wants to listen to the arguments. And there's also kind of a weird mixture of creatures who live here, all under care of some sort, because the vast majority of stuff that lives here is mostly native, quote unquote, but there are like a lot of exotic creatures, as in they've been brought in and most of the time what it is is they're injured, they're lost, they've been they've been brought in because they need assistance of some sort, and so they live in the preserve of the ancestors, basically as a, a comfortable place to live and to be taken care of. So most of the time when you're there, it's just like what you'd expect in a kind of a normal park-like setting of you see some rabbits and some deer, and there's bugs and flowers and trees, um, bushes. There's paths you can go through. There's nice places to sit. And then every once in a while, a unicorn just wanders through. You also know that this is where the dawn incarnates stay. The huge crystalline amalgamations that are tied to one of the different civilizations. They are incredibly wise. They don't necessarily have a lot of direct say in how the citadels run, but they've been here since before anyone else. And they're not malicious. They're not nasty of any kind, but they often just won't talk to people. If people come to ask them questions, sometimes they just won't answer. Sometimes they'll answer in riddles. Sometimes they'll they'll converse with people, but then the people will leave and not want to speak about what they've talked about. They're very quite mysterious. So when you enter you can easily find one of the gardeners who will point you in the direction of where the tree is. Because you are specifically going to see the Yongjing Dawn Incarnate, which is the white jade flowering pear tree. 
And I'll, I'll also say, especially since you've lived here your whole life, you know that just because this is a tree, that doesn't mean they're always in the same place every time because this is kind of a special being. And so every once in a while, if, if you were to visit this tree and then come back three days later, the tree might be in a different place. Is there anything you'd like to do before approaching the tree? Does the do the Don Cars have any kind of special title or like uh, like appellation? Like do you refer to them like, like your honor, your grace, anything like that? Nothing specific. Every culture would have a different way of addressing a respected member of their society. Someone, uh, you know, either a respected elder or a high official or, you know, a guru or someone that in general their culture would give the utmost honor and professional respect to. So whatever that is for you, that would be how you would address this dawn incarnate. Love it happens basically a culture of one, so it gets to make it up on the fly. This will be fun. And as far as you know, th there's there's no real wrong answer here. Like these people know so little about these beings and these beings are they're friendly but mysterious and none of them have ever made any kind of like you must call me by this and you must they've never given any kind of edict. So that's that's kind of why it's like super respect, but however you need to do that. Uh, so yeah, I thought that I'll just approach the uh, the white jade flowering pear, flower pear tree. Flowering or flower? Flowering pear tree. Yep, there it is. He is going to hold one hand out, and he's going to have one hand behind his back, and he's going to bow like like halfway. Excellent. Honored or respected Don Incarnate. And that's what Toby Evan lands on, just respected. That's perfect. What you approach is a massive tree made out of millions of little tiny white and jade crystals that gleam in the light of the rural diamond, which right now is still kind of this pleasant blue color. It is in the shape of a tree with the long trunk with large branches and then petals and flowers on the end of them. The green that is the jade that's kind of put throughout this entire tree turns to a green that fades into white where the flowers are. And despite the fact that there is no wind here, the branches sway very gently, like there is a breeze. And you smell, as you approach and, and address this dawn incarnate, is there a smell that Thaviapin associates with, like, the most pleasant day at a park? Like something that you would smell, like the, the equivalent of fresh cut grass, but something very specific to you that would indicate like a, a, a comforting, warm smell. Cinnamon. I mean, it's supposed to be a pear tree, but you could swear it's like a cinnamon pear just on the breeze, which there shouldn't be a breeze, but there is. You address the tree and there is like 20 seconds in where absolutely nothing happens. And maybe it gets a little bit awkward and the tree is just still gently swaying. You're watching the light glint off of these crystalline flowers. It's quite gorgeous. And then a voice enters your head. It's resonant. Like it comes with its own echo. And what you hear very clearly from this being, tell the daughter of Tai Tong Ji to plant in her garden. I don't know who that is. You get no other response. 
Well, she's a dawn incarnate. She would know what information I need, and if that's all the information I get, then I have the means to get the rest. And uh, Thavi up and will uh, look for any other kind of sign on the white jade flowering pear tree. Like, just any kind of, like, anything that would suggest me and your communication and what they're doing or if they're changing, anything like that. Uh, roll me an insight check. 24. Nice. With a 24, it's, it's all very subtle. It's all super subtle. And some of this is also from stories you've heard of people talking to these beings. You're not surprised that that's all you get. A lot of these beings, they don't converse in the normal way. They have no interest in like regular conversation. And so a lot of the time they just tell you what you need to know and that's it. And oftentimes it is intentionally vague, although no one knows why. So a little bit of that is history that is brought up. And then also with that insight, as you either think or say out loud, well, you've told me the information. If that's all I need to know, I'll, I'll figure out the rest. That scent of the, the cinnamon pear gets a, a little bit stronger and just a little bit more comforting. And that's it. It continues to just stand impressively and sway slightly. Thelvi Uppen will uh, hold his hand out like this again and put his other arm behind his back and bow again and will say, Respected Dawn Elemental, it shall be done. And he'll turn around and he'll walk out. As you turn around and walk away, even though the words you had heard in your, were all in your head, and up until this moment, there had been no exterior sound besides the sounds of just whatever's going on in the park, you very clearly hear the tinkle of like glass chimes just like for the briefest of moments it's a nice thought to leave on and you do and are you headed to um <laughs> materials are us yeah how far is it from uh, from where i am nothing is that far everything is within a mile mile and a half some of it takes a little bit longer just because of the the path you have to take but however long it's gonna take you to travel about a mile Oh, it's kind of like Center City. Hope it's not too hot, though. No, it's the Radiant Citadel is always kind of a very pleasant temperature. Finding that that weird normal place that the vast majority of beings are comfortable in. The only uncomfortable thing really about the Radiant Citadel is that the auroral diamond, which gives all of the light off, never goes out. So it's it's always shining. And sometimes it's not really a flattering color. So all of the buildings have blackout curtains. I don't know if this is something you do with Minor Illusion or not, but I'm going to try it anyway. Like, just so he doesn't have the appearance of talking to himself, uh, Thaviyapin is going to conjure up, like, a little, like, a person. Like, maybe, like, dwarf size or gnome size, walking with him. Um, just so when he's talking out loud, like, he doesn't look like he's talking to himself. Is it Minor Illusion? I think it's Minor Illusion, not the, the improved Minor Illusion version. I think it's what I'm trying to cast. Tell me a little bit about improved Minor, minor Illusion. Alright, here we go. Um, you, you create a sound or image or an or an object which range lasts for the duration. The illusion also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast a spell again. If you create an image or object such as a chair, muddy footprints, or a small chest, it must be no larger than a five-foot cube. The image can't create sound, light, smell, or any other sensory effect. Physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion because things can pass through it. So it doesn't create light or sound or light or smells, but like if you look at it, it would look like, I would hope, someone walking along with Thelby and it, the five feet is kind of what I was going for, because mostly, because usually minor illusion is something small. So I was going to offer like, you know, you're, you have like a familiar, but if you can get five feet, then yeah, you can, a halfling, a gnome, 
easily walking next to you. So I'll just conjure it to a random person that he saw from a birthday party. It doesn't even matter who it is. Why would the Dawn Elemental summon to me? I have no ties to this to our realm. Hmm, does he know I'm going there? Probably should have asked more questions, but how else would they know to summon me? Well, it's a simple ask, I suppose. Find this, the, the daughter of Tai Zongzi. Tell her to plant in the garden. She didn't say I had to make a plant. If she says no, she says no. She can take up the Dawn Elemental herself. I'll do exactly as I was asked. All right. As you walk towards the Materials Are Us, we'll zoom on forward and a little bit back in time. Two Materials Are Us. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on August 27th at 8pm Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. E-G-A-L-D-O-O-N-Y-A-R-E. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Zeph, you walk into the shop. It's not actually that far from Irwin because it's it's another shop that's in the trade discal. So a little closer to the diamond, a little around the back. It's one of those shops, you know, those bookstores that you go into in where there is just stuff piled everywhere. There's just stacks upon stacks of things. Everything is in that weird disarray where it still kind of makes sense. That's Materials are us. And depending on how meticulous you are, this place is either off-putting or wonderful. And uh, since you've been here a lot, you know the proprietor, Ermond Zozku. He's a human, maybe mid-40s, kind of scraggly beard, short, short hair, almost buzzed cut. Serious, but not like dour, just like very businesslike. So even though you've been here a bunch, even though you've got nine punches on your punch card, still... This isn't my first punch card either. <laughs> and this, Yeah, this wouldn't be your first punch card. This isn't a place and this isn't a proprietor in where, oh, you are regular and so there's like a warm smile. You are always just kind of greeted with the, hello, what can I help for you with? Ah, yes. So it's more, it's like a smaller, it's not a department store where I can like browse and talk to different with what I need. It's big enough that you can browse, so if you do want to look around at stuff, but it's small enough in where um, he's the only one here. He owns this shop. It's like a bodega or like at, gotcha. at max, like an Aldi's maybe. A bodega is actually kind of a good way of describing it. Like that size, that kind of, this may be a franchise, but it's owned by this person. Right. And yeah, the, the state of it, you know for a fact that even though it looks kind of a mess that it is a purposeful mess and anything that you've gotten here has been of the quality that you need. Got it. Okay. Hello, Ermond. I have uh, quite a few things I need before I set off for my day uh, and I was hoping that you have them in stock. 
Um, the biggest one uh, would be a revivify diamond of 300 gold. You see his eyes widen a little bit. And he's like, okay. Going somewhere serious, I see. It's not necessarily serious, but as a cleric, it's always good to have at least one on hand. You never know. Always be prepared, as the Cub Scouts say. I can look in the back in my stores to see if I have. What else do you need? And I'll see if I can get everything for you. Yes, I would like this book here. And I'll, from the book, like, as I was browsing in, I pull a book off the shelf and it says, how to, and it just says, how to. And it is the 25 gold book I need for borrowed knowledge. How to. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. Give me, so borrowed knowledge is the thing that lets you get proficiency in a skill, right? You draw from knowledge on the spirits of the past. Choose one skill in which you lack proficiency for the duration. You have proficiency in the chosen skill. It ends early if I cast it again. Excellent. Go ahead and roll a d20 for me. Any mods? Nope. Nine. Are you proficient in intimidation, investigation, or medicine? Investigation I have advantage on. uh, Okay. And I am proficient. Okay. How about intimidation and medicine? Uh, Neither. I'll let you choose. Do you want a book on intimidation or medicine? This is all flavor. You can use this to do the spell as normal for anything, but I think what's it would be funny that you pull up a book and it's how to this, but you can use it for any of the skills. Okay, how to intimidate. <laughs> That's what you grab. That's what you grab. So yes, you can absolutely use that. Um, anything else? I do need, uh, I was eyeing just your generic augury sticks. I'll go ahead and do the etchings of my god on them. I just need the blanks. Uh, so 25 gold worth of sticks that are... It says, like, etched sticks or bones for the augury spell, but I figured they're not going to have the specific god cleric ones for every single deity, so they probably have blanks that then the cleric would then make to their deity. Yeah, they probably have both. They probably have blanks as well as the standard pantheon, the big, big, big pantheon. Right, so they would have Sehenanim probably then. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll be, like, looking at the blanks. So I was like, oh, you actually have Sehenanim. I'll, I'll just save myself some time. Can I get the Sehenanim ones? Okay. I'm imagining like it's sort of like the model kits you can get at Michael's where the, like the assemble yourself and paint it yourself and it's like, oh now now it's for cord or now you know, now it's for uh now for Bahamut. Yeah, kind of. Kind of in a way, yeah. Uh anything else? I'll make my way over to the jewelry counter. I'm eyeing that uh fifty gold gem you have there. And then also and then if you'll allow, I need a jeweled horn. That's worth 100 gold for clairvoyance, and I would like to make it like either like a piece of jewelry, like, like so it's a small horn, not a full-sized horn. Okay, and this is different than the 50 gold piece gem? Yes, in addition to. Okay. So the 50 gold piece gem is for incite greed, and then uh, the jeweled horn is for clairvoyance. Anything else? That is everything that I have. So I have my revivify diamond, my augury sticks, my clairvoyance uh, horn my borrowed knowledge book, and my insight greed gem. And remind me, and we're almost done. I don't want this turned into like an extended shopping thing. For Revivify, it doesn't have to be one diamond. It can be diamonds that equal. Let me make sure. I believe that is correct. And if not, it's your world. It can be whatever you want. Believe that's the case. Diamonds worth 300 gold. Excellent. Okay. So it could be a little sack of diamonds if that's what he's got. (laughs) Bless my diamond sack. Revive! (laughs) Pocket diamonds. 
Can I have pocket diamonds? Because <laughs> I know like the bigger ones is a diamond worth like 500. 500, yeah, that, which is why those are hard. Okay, the other stuff, absolutely, he's got the diamonds he goes into the back, which is where he keeps the really, really expensive stuff. While he's in the back, I'm going to say, Thuvi Uppin, this is the time that you arrive. If there's anything else that you would like to get or any conversations you would like to have. Uh, Thuvi Uppin will just, uh, you know, go walk up to, uh, to Ermund and say, the usual. And uh, Urban will understand that to mean the semantic component, the, the the material components of most of the spells. So your your fleece, your other things of that nature. You can imagine Thalbion goes through quite a bit of fleece. Okay, so you're just you're just getting the the basic material components back. Yeah, just stocking up on uh, all the stuff he needs. Apparently, one of my spells calls for uh, apple pie crust. So Thalbion doesn't bother to get those from Urban. He just goes and buys stuff. And Jack, if I may, since you are fairly new to wizard, make sure it says consumed. Otherwise, anything that doesn't have a number of gold associated to it, you can use your arcane focus or your component pouch, or you can buy the specific ones. So, like, you don't need to buy fleece unless it says it's consumed. Once you buy it once, you have it for... Oh, okay. I see. So It's sort of like when you get that, when eventually you get your 100 gold pearl, if you don't have it already, for identify... Thankfully, Identify doesn't consume the pearl. Otherwise, it'd be really like expensive. Some stuff will have to replace organically. Like, a piece of crust from an apple pie will probably have to get a fresh one. It's magic. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. And I'll, I'll shout okay. to Oh, Ermint, I forgot. A hundred gold pearl. You hear in the back. <laughs> well, they still don't know that, but they'll probably know to have, like, a backup, like, on it or a ship they build. So he's probably getting a little ahead of that. Because even with the ritual casting of Identify, I still need to have the component. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just okay. don't use the slot. Basically, once you get into, like, the higher spells, that's when stuff starts getting expensive and consumed. So, do you still want to get the component pouch? Yeah. Just because, okay. like, he just... He's going to walk up to uh, to Zephlet if she's free, or they're free. The Dawn Incarnate summoned me. Oh, yes. How did that go? I was told to tell the daughter of Tai Tongji to plant in her yard. So, it's a simple matter of finding this daughter. In her yard or a garden? Was it garden or yard? Maybe garden. it was garden. Let me see. I think Thubby Uppin would probably have remembered what it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say that Jack's memory is bad. Yeah. Jack has double dad brain. <laughs> I wrote it I, I wrote it down wrong. Garden. It's important enough, and it's a unique enough thing to happen that Thubby Uppin would have gotten all the words. Yeah, Absolutely. he would have gotten it right, yes. Yeah. So, something extra out there, dude. It doesn't seem like good form to, to say no to a Dawn incarnate. Yes, uh, that is good to know. I will make note of that. How much gold did we start out with? Oh, uh, whatever the usual is for uh, level five characters. I'd say at this point, the door opens to Materials R Us, and you guys don't see anyone who's come in, but you definitely hear footsteps. And at the counter, you see a goblin hand raise up. Excuse me, I would, I would very much like to see if you have any, uh, if any new healing potions today. Thank you. And, yeah, he'll have healing potions. Okay, I'll right. make life easy. I was going to say, this was originally just going to be material components, but you know what? Let's make life easy. Okay. Ermond um, saw a business opportunity and he took it. <laughs> There's really small text that says materials are us. Well, they're the impulse buys. Like, they're the stuff you get that he puts by the checkout. So it's like, hmm, I don't need a diet pepsi and a slim jim right now but yeah sure <laughs> look if wawa can sell pizza there are no rules you're really hung up on this wawa pizza man i kind of <laughs> i have to try it if it's like 7-eleven pizza if it's better if it's like it's it's, it's basically a convenience store so i mean, can't imagine it's gonna be that good but but i have to try it 
I mean, you gotta, you gotta try it. Okay. And since it sounds like everybody's coming on in Una, are are you arriving anytime or are you just going to meet right at the... Una, Una comes on in and uh, she is changed into like some, some overalls that are kind of a little bit of a high water on her. And you sort of also notice that she seems a little shorter and her hair has been braided into two braids. And she looks around and she sighs and she starts kind of just like browsing the, I imagine the section where it's like, you know, if you go into a general goods store and it's like the, the big like bins of stuff that don't get inventoried properly. Ironically enough, that is where it is a giant bin. One of those giant bins that thuvy up and uh, when you say you just need the basic component pouch like normal, that's what Ermond grabs from. Reaches in, grabs a little black bag, plunks it down on the counter. 30 gold. Thir- 30, 30 gold? Yeah, yeah. Thuvyup and Noel will pony up 30 gold. All right. For Z, he's got all of that. And he, he knows you've got the card. So we're going to do this in two separate transactions. Everything but the diamonds. Uh, he's going to say total of 310. A little steep, but uh, I... Do I know if uh, this is a haggling establishment or just it is what it is? It kind of is what it is. You also know that his markups are pretty standard. He's not like once again on the Radiant Citadel, you all. It is an import city. So I figured there was going to be some. Okay. Yeah. Like it's an import city, but also everybody has housing and shelter and food and like the basics, the necessities of life. So it's not like they're. Okay. I, uh, I do that transaction. I'm like, oh, so that would be 31 punches, right? Something like that. And then he, because of that, he'll do the 300 gold pieces of diamonds. He'll do that. It'll be half off. And so it'll be 160. Uh, and then while you take care of that, El Torito, he does have three basic healing potions on hand, 75 gold each. Uh, he will take two. All right. I now have three full punch cards. All right. Still. Oh, I forgot my punch card. Uh, it is okay. So El Torito just, maybe to the horror of some of his companions, is just like, eh, it's fine. Uh, Una sighs and, like, pulls out a punch card from her wallet that has, like, how much are you paying? 150. It's got, like, all but, like, three punches punched. And she winks at you and hands it to you. Oh, well, thank you. I... I, I always forget mine. I don't have often shop here. That's the only magic that I can cast is this. And he points to the hammer that he is now wearing on his back. And and she kind of chuckles and she said, I don't often shop here either. And and just like walks back down another aisle and it's just like... <laughs> just just casually browsing, so I guess looking Una at all... Casually two more, browsing. Two like more punches running. on her card. Yeah. Well, no, this is... this. You should, you should intimate from this that this is not... <laughs> It's a punch card for him, but did she make Ooh. this herself? Una doesn't buy things here. She's just like... Is it in crayon? Is there a backwards so, so he has a genuine... A genuine. Genuine merchant uh, R-Us punch card? All right. Yeah, she's With just going to walk down the aisles and like do the thing where you like run your hands through like all like if you ever go to like a, a, a science museum gift shop and they have all the barrels of the cracky clacky rocks there's a lot of fun stuff to play with here and you all know that the vast majority of the stuff here is with the exception of the component pouch 
the vast majority of the stuff that's out in the store is fairly low priced, all gold or less, maybe a couple of gold. The book that uh, Z got is maybe one of the few that's more than that. That's why the diamonds were in the back and the gems are kind of in a in a case. There is a a fairly large number of people with magical abilities on the Radiant Citadel, but it is fairly rare for people to be buying things at the prices you all are. The stuff that you all need is rare enough that he's okay with you getting like three or four full punch cards because you're essentially buying a amount that the rest of the Citadel would take a month or two to buy because there's really only a couple of other people on the Citadel that are more powerful spellcasters than you. So I have a question just just to... Just to save ourselves from some bookkeeping in the future, Jules. So this Materials Are Us uh, rewards card. Is there a DC associated with maybe, you know, just a random number that maybe is assigned to it that someone might have to might have to beat in order to to question it? Um, I mean, she's good at her job. Well, no, no, what I'm saying. a professional. Here's what I'll say. Because you are buying something that then is going to give, you're, you're essentially getting from him, I think, like another punch card that's filled. So you've got two. You've got the one from Una, and then you've got the one that he's going to give you. Because you have the two, it would actually be fairly difficult for him to notice the difference. Okay. When you use it. I, I just didn't know if, if there had to be a, uh, a forgery roll on that one. For this, I'm going to say no. But, but Una, if you're looking at procuring something without paying, that's a different story. Yeah, she's thinking about it. All right. But she's like, she's just sitting there and she's, she sighs and she's like, she like looks at these people who don't know her that well and she just decides against it. She's just like, mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else uh, you want to get or do before heading to uh, get on the Concord Jewel? Stop at my apartment to grab my adventuring gear. Because I probably wasn't bringing my backpack and all that kind of stuff and my bedroll to a meeting at Irwin's. That makes sense. I think, is your apartment on the way? Everything's within a mile, so I would say yes. Yeah. I feel like we would have probably all walked with you, right? Yeah. And as we're sitting, like, as we get to your apartment and you go in, or Z goes in, Una's gonna, like, bend down to, like, relace her shoe and when she and when she stands up, she's like only a little taller than El Torito, and the like high water overalls aren't high waters anymore. And then she's gonna pull her hair out and rebraid it. And uh, when she's done, she's gonna look around, and you will uh, instead of the Una you met, you will see a a halfling woman. Hmm. Oh. Oh, I- I'm sorry. I didn't see you come in. Hi. Hello. My name is El Torito. Yeah. Yes, I know. Oh, uh, have oh, have you? You've been to my shows. Excellent. Uh, uh, it's always good to meet a fan. <gasps> oh my god! A large, genuine goblet eyes blink at you. You are friends with Erwin, and I know he respects you deeply. But I am. This does me a concern. She looks at Thavi up, and she says, "Please do tell me that you understand what is going on here." I want to roll to see if I understand what's going on here. That's the only fair way to decide. I'll let you roll either an investigation or a, a perception check. I think Z would recognize what's going on, but is playing into the bit and will give Una kind of like a glance that's like, I know you're Una, but I'm playing into this whole, I don't know who you are. Whereas Una 
to kind of because that's kind of the like sh- the, the deal with like changelings is like they have different faces, if you will. What did Thuvia up and get? So Detective Thuvia up and investigated to a tune of twenty uh, with this bonus, so soft twenty. Welcome to Wizard Investigations. She's They're not awesome. trying to be deceptive <laughs> to you all, and she did it in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought so, you were behind me. No, no, no. no. So she's what... just sitting on your front porch, tie, retying a shoe and and rebraiding her hair. Sorry, I realized I can add a backpack and relabel it spell components, and I can add all of that in D&D Beyond, and that's what I was doing. So <laughs> It's just fun to roll dice. That's why I like this game. 90 degrees yeah. to the right of El Torito, and as he had mentioned, he deals with stuff that's in front of him. So, yeah, he didn't clock it at all. He's he's of charming. He's pretty. <laughs> he's pretty. Yeah, yeah. For a goblin, he is pretty. And really, for the chance to use the dice as an excuse not to recognize you, for you to suddenly become astonishingly un- unfamiliar, you know? Yeah. And I thought you got a 20. I no, did. Like, I'm saying I rolled, oh. so in the chance I failed, I could have, like, been yeah. like, oh, who is this new person? I'll say Thuvy up and not only do you very quickly realize what Una is doing, you also pick up that they have positioned themselves specifically so that oh, she anyone just walking... She, they, she, she, her pronouns. Okay. Not a... That she has positioned herself in a place where anyone walking by wouldn't have noticed anything, but that the three of you would have an excellent chance of noticing something. <laughs> well, maybe not the three of us. You know, have an excellent chance. So, Una, you can very clearly tell that Thuvy up and, and uh, Zephalin know uh, they catch what's going on. El Torito is just happy to meet a new friend. <laughs> that is, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna look at Z and Thuvy up and, and she's gonna sigh and she's gonna extend her hand to El Torito. She goes, my name's Jenny Jones. Import exports. I'm a friend of Una's. Nice to meet you. Ah, hello. Uh, yes. So I guess just like Una, you are a community wrestling fan. Uh, there aren't many of us, but uh, but I'm always glad to meet someone who is familiar with the uh, with the sports entertainment world. So yeah, well, welcome to this. Uh, I wonder what happened to Una. Uh, I'm sure she had something else to do. Z will bend down and whisper to El Torito, it is Una. She changed her face. Oh, uh, oh. Okay. Una is going to wink at you and blink her eyes, and all of a sudden, your eyeballs are on her face. <laughs> oh. And then she's going to blink, and it's going to go back to being, a, you know, a, a, a nice halfling woman with normal halfling eyes. That, that is an amazing ability. Uh, I, wow. Okay, all right. Now, darling, I know a lot of it's staged, but you accidentally hit your head a couple times when you were doing this community. Oh, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> many, many uh-huh. times. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I can, see, I can see how that's become a problem for you. And she looks up at Z and she says, you got anything you can do for long-term effects of concussions? I will have to consult with uh, Sahanin, but I don't think if they're self-inflicted that it will work. It's kind of like going against their will. You know, he wanted to be concussed. I don't know that he I did. Mean, I would not. I would say that's a little glib, but uh, it does happen. It is a. It is an occupational hazard, and uh, I am prepared to deal with it. Little plastic castles, right? Goldfish. Big goblin smile. Yeah. Oh, God, even I didn't get that one for a moment. Oof. That was a deep cut. That was a. <laughs> it was a deep cut. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else anyone wants to do 
and I'm not I'm not pushing you. I'll be I'll be clear. I just want to make sure I'm actually just making sure there's anything else you want to do before leaving the Radiant Citadel for assumably a little while, you know, hours to a day, that there's nothing else you want to do. One last cup of coffee with something weird in it. I think that's the couple of different things going to be. It's going to be increasingly weird things in this coffee. So All this right. time it's going to be a little tree bark. For, All right. For flavor. Maybe hickory. When we went to my apartment, they would have noticed a little sign, one that it was super cluttered, but that said, live, laugh, excavate. <laughs> oh my god you got a favorite trowel hanging on the wall you know i have a favorite trowel and pick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yarn bless this mess and that's the ones i grabbed i mean it was super cluttered it took me a minute to find everything that is amazing I, I imagine like a whole series of trowels because some of them are ones that you use that you have hung up so that you can grab and some of them are memorial trowels from, yeah. from this places is, this that is you the go. one where i did this thing and this is the one where i did that thing that's amazing i have my favorite do you want me i have my favorite trowel like i think down in the basement if you want me to show to send you a photo <laughs> i was actually thinking of doing something similar for when i eventually do uh scottish golf uh pilgrimage I'm going to buy a ball and glove and get the scorecard for every place I visit. And then I'm going to bring those back and Tiny Wife can make me a shadow box for each one. That's really cool. John, I was thinking about the fact that all of the, like, we had this, like, thing for archaeology in college. And it was, like, a sign that we made which said, archaeologists don't dig dinosaurs or aliens. And I I think thinking about the fact that D&D has sort of introduced an entire world where people and dinosaurs live at the same time. I really like the idea of you having that shirt where the first part is just crossed out because we've discovered that there were dinosaurs. It's like these guys, archaeologists don't dig in, just as dinosaurs just cross out and it's just aliens. (laughs) Yes, I got this shirt when I visited this place called Iartha. (laughs) (laughs) Iartha. As you're chatting about this and all the places that you've been to, you have made a trek to the edge of the the giant rock that you're on called the Radiant Citadel to one of the ports where you are able to get onto a Concord Jewel. They're almost like buildings. They're so big. There's a clawgiver is the name of the person who oversees these jewels. They're essentially the person who... It's reductive to say that they're the driver because these are so important, but they're assigned with a couple of other people are assigned to each jewel, usually by the the speakers and the people in charge of everything. The actual jewel itself is multi-tiered. So like I said, some places are, you know, for people to go and sit and be able to watch out of the side of the jewel and other places are specifically for cargo. The walls are a very light emerald green. And as you all get into the jewel, and I'm going to say, because you are all people who have lived on the Citadel for a while and have traveled a bit, you're familiar with the sensation of the jewel pulling away, plane shifting, and arriving someplace, because that first time can be a little jarring. As it slowly pulls out of the dock, and angles a fair bit away from the from the Radiant Citadel. You can see a couple of the, the sites that you that are 
not common to see from this distance. You get a good glimpse of the entire Radiant Citadel, and it's gorgeous, bathed in this blue light from the crystal. You can see some of the other pinpricks of multicolored light that are the other jewels that do these, these transports. And you even see off in the distance something that a lot of you try to ignore, which is the Keening Gloom, this horrible storm that surrounds the Radiant Citadel that no one knows where it came from. All they know is if you enter, people don't survive. And that's one of the reasons it's so difficult to get to the Radiant Citadel without something special, like a jewel. It shimmers a little bit, and you all feel that pit in your stomach as the plane shift happens. There's a moment of oof, and then you arrive at Yangjing. As the crystal itself descends, just outside of the main city walls, you can see a gorgeous city. Wide central avenues, lots of tightly packed buildings, but in a multitude of brilliant colors. It is late in the evening, so the sun is setting and you get that golden light shining on the palace, the grand palaces of the emperor's court, which are at one of the far ends of the city. It's absolutely gorgeous, bustling, the gates are open, and as the jewel lands and you all get out and are about to head on into the city to go to the Kiln District, that's where we'll pause. And the next time we get together, ceramics. I know it doesn't sound like fun, but trust me. Ceramics <laughs> are fun. <laughs> we can look at pot shards. We're, we're going to make some stuff for the space shuttle. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.